That was cute. Thank you guys for participating. Um, as I preach, I like to invite the people that are with me to pray at the very beginning. If you've been here a couple times, hopefully you're starting to get a, a little bit of a handle on this. I'm going to ask you to pray for three things. Pray that the Holy Spirit is with us right now, which I know it already is here with us. Pray that the Holy Spirit will help us to put away the distractions from our hearts right now that we brought with us even to church this morning. Uh, unfortunately, we do that. We tend to let things wrap around us and not let them go. But for right now, let's just ask that they, we can let go of those things. And then also, if you can pray for me, uh, because I need prayer, especially when I'm preaching, I don't like to um, say something that I'm not supposed to say. So hopefully God will keep that from happening and he will just speak through me this morning, um, as he always does. And if I do say something silly or not quite right, I know that God can help in your heads and your minds and your thoughts to change that into what he needs said anyway. So We'll just go with that. So if you would pray, and then I'll, I'll give you a couple seconds to do that, and then I'll pray as well. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we come together this morning, we recognize your presence here with us. Father, thank you for being willing to join us um, just a bunch of sinners gathered together, but through your grace and love, you have made us whole again. Thank you so much. Father, I ask that you would be with us this morning as we um, just listen to the Holy Spirit in our lives. W touch us, Lord, and uh, help us to leave the things that we might have brought with us this morning a little bit to the side for right now, so that we can just be in tune with what you would have us hear and um, get, get a message from you. Father, I ask that you would be with me as well. Um, I don't want to make mistakes, but I do, unfortunately. Uh, Father, so fix those for me right now if I do. And we thank you so much for your love. Amen. So this morning, I don't know that you could hear the verse that was read because the mic wasn't quite in the right spot and they forgot to move it. So if you didn't look it up on your own, 1 Timothy 4, verse 12 says, Let no one look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in your speech, conduct, love, faithfulness, and purity. How many of you in this room would say that you're young? I should see every single hand in the air actually right now because the reality is we are all very young. Um, but let me take you back a couple of years to maybe when you were even a little bit younger than that. Um, we joke with Marilyn sometimes because she's our senior on staff. But uh, she'll hit me later, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but let me take you back a few years to so maybe when you were on the playground or maybe when you were at a friend's house and um, playing a board game or something like that. I'll take you back for a moment with me to when I was a younger person and, and I was probably, you know, just to the point where my mom would let us go to somebody's house for a birthday party by ourselves, um, maybe eight, nine, ten, probably nine years old. And um, the, the coolest thing had just come out, the Nintendo Entertainment System. I know, I'm that old, believe it or not. Um, I remember when that first came out, it was like all the rage, and I realized there was Pong before that and all sorts of other things, but uh, Atari systems, but this was it, man. This was eight bits at a time of information running and scrolling across your screen, and we thought we had arrived at the pinnacle of American technology, and it was Japanese technology, but it's okay, that's a side point. 
<laughs> we were, it was awesome, man. We would get together at these parties and, and we would sit there and we'd be just in awe at this little character scrolling across us. We couldn't go backwards yet. It could only go one way. And it was just an amazing experience. And we would sit around this TV and this little gaming system and just be like, it's my turn next. And we would have these little squirmishes because there would only be two people that could play at a time if you're lucky enough to have a two-person game. And so we would have to sit there in eager anticipation of waiting for your turn to go next. I remember the one birthday party, um, the, the two games that this guy had was Excite Bike, where you would get on this little motocross bike and try not to overheat it because if you overheated it, you would be shoved off to the side and lose the race. And the other game was Mike Tyson's Punch Out, which was just, oh my word, that was the most amazing game ever. And so I was like, man, I want to go. It's my turn. I'm next. I got the next game. And so the guy that owned the system was playing before me, which means he's going to play for like an hour and a half because he knows how to do all the cool tricks and stuff. And so when it finally was my turn, they gave me the controller. I had never touched it before in my life. And I'm like, all right, here we go. This is going to be fun. And they were like, well, let me put you ahead in the game a little bit because, you know, we, we don't want you to have to play those smaller guys. You, you want to move ahead. So they put me on like the third boss. And they're like, here you go. And I'm like, all right, this is my chance. And 10 seconds later, I was knocked out and my turn was over. I was mad. I was. I was a little mad and quite perturbed at my friends for doing that to me. That concept of I've got next kind of still invades us today. It might be a little bit different. Maybe it's, you know, I, I got the next turn on the iPad in my household or whatever it may be, you know. It's my turn, I want to do it. Yes. My point today is that we've got now. We have the opportunity, not just as Pathfinders, not just as mission trip participants, it's our turn. And I did ask the question of, a, you know, how many of us are young in here today? And I, and I should have seen every hand. It is all of our turns to go now. It's all of our turns to be at the forefront right now. So I don't want to single out just our young people because, yes, I do believe that it's your turn to do, but I don't want to leave out those of us that have been doing and have gone before me even. Um, it's still your turn as well. It's a, it's a partnership that we've got going on here together. So I want to talk a little bit about some people in the Bible, some young people. Um, Joseph, how many of you remember the story of Joseph? Good, a lot of hands. If you have never heard the story of Joseph, I don't want to take the time to go through that all right now, but I would be happy to do that with you maybe right after the service or call me sometime this week and we can talk about it. That would be fantastic. I would love doing that. Um, Joseph was a young man who, who had a bunch of brothers, and one day his father sent him out to go check on his brothers, give them some food and stuff, and his brothers were a little bit jealous of this boy happens sometimes in households. Um, his brothers ended up not caring very much for that attitude of favoritism. And they took their brother and they threw him into a pit. And they're like, what are we going to do with this guy? We can't stand him anymore. I can't take it anymore. He just nags us all the time, tells us how much better he is than everybody else. No, I don't want to hear it. Anyway, move the story along. Long tells these people. He's like, oh, we can sell them as a slave and we'll be rid of him forever. So they sell him off. Um, and at 17 years of age, he's got to be thinking to himself, what in the world is going on? You know, I've been brought up and, and been told that God loves me and he's got plans for me. And here I am being sold off to a slave in this faraway place. I'm never going to see my family again. Anyway, you know the story. He goes there. He, he decides that he's going to do the best that he can for God. He, he does that. He, he uplifts him. He stays true to him. And he ends up at 17 years old becoming the head of the household for this captain that had bought him as a slave. I think that's pretty incredible, you know. Um, 
to a far-off country, staying true to God, and showing a bunch of people in that household who he represents. He represented God, and he represented God very well. Um, I'd like to mention our mission trip again. You know, we had 45 young people and then 15 a little bit older peoples um, attend this trip. We had 60 people total that were there, and um, most of them were under 18. I know most of them were under 18 because the ones that are over 18 can sign their own permission slip forms, and I know that was a big deal for some of us, and uh, waited till the last minute so they could actually sign their own form, but most of them were under 18, so I had to, they had to get their parents to sign their form for them and get it notarized and all that good stuff. Most of us were under 18, you know, and they were willing to give up their spring break to go and work hard in the hot sun, you know, and be missionaries to people that they don't know, and I think that's incredible. That's an act of, I've got now. I don't need to wait until I'm 30. I don't need to wait until I'm 65 and retired to go and do something. I can start right now, and I can be a missionary for Jesus. I can spread his love to other countries. I can spread his love to my friends. So it's really cool when we come back, and um, I've already started hearing from people that have talked to these young people that were on the trip, and they're like, I want to go next year. I already have people trying to sign up, and I'm like, look, relax a little bit. We're still trying to decompress from this trip, and we'll let you know when things are happening. But they're like eager because they've been listening to their friends and about the experiences that they've had, the missionary opportunities, and spreading God's love to this foreign country. I think that's amazing. You know, this is the act of, I've got now. You're doing it. You know, let's look at somebody else. Who should, who should we look at? I can't, I don't want to look at everybody. Um, that I had this morning, because we'll be here forever. David. David is one of my favorite biblical characters, and there's, there's so much about his life that I love. I need, I need a young person to volunteer. I need, no, younger than you guys, sorry. Younger than Pathfinders. I need like a, a pre-K, a kindergarten, or a first grader. I've I got some names picked out if, if, if I can. Would you be willing to come? Would you be willing to come? No. Sarah, would you be willing to come? Can you come up here for just a second? Sweet. This is going to be good. All right, David. David decides that he's going to go off and help his brothers and, uh, and check on them for his dad. This is just about how it would have felt for David a little bit later in the story when he goes off to fight actually Goliath. I'm not quite three times her size, but yeah, a little close. So anyway, so David goes in there and he's like, sees his brothers, they see this war, he sees what's going on, he can't take this, he's upset. Do you remember the story of David? Okay, good, that's going to help me out. All right, so David's like, I, why are you guys sitting here letting this guy mock you in front of all of our country? This is ridiculous. We have to do something about this. If you're not going to do something about this, I will do something about this. So he goes in and sees the king and says, Saul, Saul th this has got to stop. I'll take care of this, okay? If nobody's willing to do this, let me do it. And Saul's like, wow, you're, you're kind of young there, fella. You're kind of small there, fella. Um, take my armor at least, Okay. Puts his big old armor on her. Imagine if I had like a whole bunch of stuff and putting it on her. Yeah, it probably wouldn't go well, exactly. Yeah, so David's like, I can't even move in here. Um, it would have been very easy for David to say also, you know what, maybe I should take a couple of minutes, maybe a month or two, go work out, get some of those muscles that Michael had and um, do those poses and, and maybe intimidate Goliath a little bit and um, then I can take care of that. But he didn't do that. He's like, no, I gotta do this now. This has gotta be now. Okay, Sarah, check this. You wanna fight? You want to fight with me? No, that's, that's a good call. That right there, that's smart, okay? 
You, my son did the same thing earlier, Brandon. That's ridiculous. Okay, my son was sitting in the back about the middle, and he's like, I'll fight you. And I'm like, okay, I know you'll fight me, but that's different. Okay, so Sarah, if, if, okay, check this. If we were going to fight, okay, we're not going to fight because I like you a whole lot. Plus, I know your dad pretty well, and he would come up here, and your brother's back here somewhere. He'd probably attack me from behind and start pounding on me. It would not be good for me at all. Um, but if, if we were going to fight, do you think you could beat me up? This is a smart kid right here. I, I also think that you probably could not beat me up, okay? I think that in that, in that, that moment of David's, what? Are you serious? Why would you even consider something like that? Do you know why he considered it? Because he had God on his side. He knew who was going before him could take care of any obstacle that got in his way. Do you want to fight? No, I don't think so. Thank you so much for coming up here. You're so sweet. You can go sit down now. That's awesome. Thank you, Sarah. Um, David had something going on in his life that he knew that God would take care of him before he even stepped foot on that battlefield. Didn't he? I, I, I just have to know because in that scenario, Sarah would never come before me to fight. That would just be ridiculous. That would be like the fi fastest fight ever. You know, it'd be like watching a Mike Tyson fight when he was in his prime. Like 10 seconds into the fight, it was done because the other guy standing before him was on the mat, probably sucking his thumb and crying. You know, it's like, why did I do this? This was not a good plan. Okay, that's, that's how it should have gone in this battle, except for God was there with him. Okay, the cool thing is, as we're young people, as our Pathfinder groups goes out and does things in our community, and raising money for Hat for Herald, as we participate in the Rockathon, as we get together tonight, because it's a lot of fun, isn't it, guys? I mean, it is. We stay up all night. We eat food like every hour. They have like this huge gourmet, scrumptious. Last year I stole a whole bunch of like egg rolls before. I didn't realize it, and then I got in trouble later. But that's okay. I'm hoping to do it again. Um, it's, it's a terrible thing for us to do. It's, it's horrible for our bodies. I can't imagine that this is a good thing. And it is a lot of fun, but that's not why we're doing it, is it? We do it to have fun, but we're also doing it because we recognize that it's our turn to try to start giving back to our community in some way. You know? And this is, this is what we want you guys to go forward with and take this with you that I can be a leader right now when I'm a pathfinder and, and later on I can continue to be a leader in the church because I've been given the authority, not by us, not by your pastors, but by God to go and spread his love to our communities. We're not sent on this earth to just sit down and do nothing. We're actually here to do something. We can be ambassadors for Christ right now. I mean, we're going to spend eternity, if you accept him and go with him to heaven, you're going to spend eternity being an ambassador for him. So might as well start now. It might not always be easy. Um, I'll say, you know, when we do the street ministry, it's not always the easiest thing to go pass out a Bible to somebody that you don't know, that if you're like me, you speak very little Spanish, that you know, I'm going to ask you, do you want this Bible? You know, te quiero Santa Biblia, and then after that, you're like completely out of what you're going to say next. You know, you have to take it now, because I don't know if you, I can't hear it, I can't understand you responding to me, just take it, you know. So you have to be a little bit willing to let God go with you and do things with you, you know. But he will do it. You know, he's done it. I could show you example after example after example from the Bible. We won't do it this morning because, again, you always want to go home and enjoy this wonderful weather that God gave us for this Sabbath. Um, 
but we want you to know that you can go. You know, you can do now, you don't have to wait. Um, Pastor Chad came and did chapel for us at the school on, on Wednesday, and I was like, oh man, you're telling them the exact same thing I'm going to talk about on Sabbath, so I had to retool a little bit. But it was cool, like, after he was kind of inspiring, hopefully everybody was listening and, and hearing that, you know, we want our young people to know that they are a valuable asset and part of this church, not just not just the global church, not just doing missions in Panama, not just going and helping in Laurel, but this church specifically, and that you can be a part and not just have to feel like you're isolated to the fishbowl over there or over here on these side rooms that are all blacked out that we can't see exactly what's going on, you know, or whatever's happening. We want you to know that you are a part, a vital part of what's happening in this church. And it was cool because after the, after the chapel was over, I had a person come up to me, uh, Chad was standing right behind me actually, and they were like, do you think he's serious about letting us be, you know, helping out? I'm like, okay, first of all, he's right here. You could ask him if he's serious. But second of all, I'm like, yeah. You know, we're, we're real serious about that here. We want our young people to know that we need you. We need your help, you know. Because if we don't keep you now, what happens later? I'm going to get old and die at some point if God doesn't come back. And then where does that leave the church if everybody's gone? Well, it doesn't leave much of a church is what happens. So we need you to know that you are important and vital in the ministries that you guys are doing, whether it's the band and going and playing for a church or going out into the community, um, wherever that may be, and putting on a concert, you know, that would be phenomenal. A little bit of good music. There's one here at four, you know, hopefully you've invited your friends. Um, but that's something that we can do. You know, we don't all have to go to Panama, don't have to go to DR right? We don't have to go to wherever else. We can do things right here in our community. It's also very fun to go to Panama, right? Um, but it's also fun to do things here, as our Pathfinders are demonstrating this evening, while we rock for hours and hours and hours and hours and eat a gluttonous amount of food for hours and hours and hours and hours. It's good times. Do you remember Josiah? Second Chronicles, a little bit of action there. Little boy, about eight years old. Do we have any eight-year-olds this morning? Right here? You're, I didn't realize you were eight. I should have had you come up. You could have been my David too. My bad. Um, Josiah was eight years old when he became king over Israel. Now let me tell you a secret. My son is not eight, and so I'll pick on him. But he's very close. He'll be eight this summer. And uh, I can guarantee you right now in this place that if he were to become the president, that we understand president, uh, that would not be a good thing for this country. Okay. <laughs> Having an eight-year-old be responsible for the entire nation, not a good plan. Okay? He would destroy it. It would be done. It would implode. You know? Everything would be about Lego and, and video games, and that would not be cool at all. You know? That's, that's the eight-year-old mentality. So this guy, uh, Josiah at eight, becomes the king over Israel. And so as he is growing, because obviously he can't do everything right away. He's got to learn some things. As he's growing up and seeing uh, about the past and learning about what's happened in the history of this, this country and this nation, he's like, look, we're not doing what we're supposed to do. So he figures out, like, okay, they're, they're into all this idol worship and stuff, and he's like, this has got to stop. We need to be a nation that turns back to God, and we need to get rid of all of this stuff that's in our way, that's distracting us. So he starts as a young man. He's not even 17 years old yet. He's like 13, 14, 15, maybe 16 years old, and he's going through the country and taking all the idols— and not is he just taking them, he's crushing them up, he destroys them, he takes their, their crushed ash 
and, and, and whatever debris it is, and he sprinkles them on the ancestors' graves that worship these idols. It's kind of like a big take that kind of concept, you know? He's like, ah, no, we're not doing this anymore. All you guys that were doing this evil thing, that's yours. You keep it. We don't want any part of that, you know? And a 15-year-old? Are you kidding me? Can you imagine if some of these guys that are up here behind me started coming to your house and saying, uh, that's an idol? Give me that. That television? Idol. That's mine. Your Xbox? Mine. Idol. Crush it. You know? How would we feel? Your iPhone? Oh, no, you didn't. Okay? What, what do we worship? What do we idolize now that would be in the way of our relationship with God. You know, we could, we could talk a lot about that probably and um, try to analyze what in my life personally is getting in the way of my relationship with God. But the reality is we need to be bold in our relationship with God. We need to be bold in what happens because of that relationship. When I go out into my community, when I leave the Spencerville Church this morning, how am I going to be bold in my community? Am I going to come back together tonight and rock? Sure, that's a way. But is that the only way? Of course not. You know? Am I going to go to Panama next year? Sure, that's a way, but it's not the only way. Our school, and, and Tim, I don't know if Tim Soper's here this morning, our chaplain at the academy, has um, really started becoming a focus of reaching out into the community as well. He's taking people on a fairly consistent basis to feed the homeless, which I think is phenomenal as well. You know, we have a Lord's Lunch program that we want run through the church on the third weekend of every month. And I know that right now they could use some help on those programs, you know. Um, and, and in fact... I really would like to see something like that happen on a more regular basis than once a month. Look around you just for one second. You see a couple of people sitting close by? There's a lot of people in the sanctuary. We could probably find some time, a little bit more time together to say, let me do this, you know? And, and it, maybe, it, maybe we can be a good example as a Pathfinder Club and say, yep, you know what? We could take a Lord's Lunch every you know, once, a, once every month, and expand that program to two times a month, because the, the, the ministry is there. You know, I was talking to Lazaro, he's heading it up, and, and the, he likes the concept of what we're doing in, in passing out the Bibles in Panama. He wants to do the same kind of thing here with the people that they're coming in contact with. What a better way to do something, you know? There's a phenomenal amount of ideas in this church, but we need people to step up and do, you know? And I'm not just talking about our young people, I'm talking about Myself, the 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s-year-old crowd, the 80s-year-old crowd that still has that, you know, jive in their step, you know? We have it. It's there. We need to be bold and go forth. Be willing to step out. I'm going to jump off of Pastor Chad for a second. If you were here last week, he talked about the Shawshank Redemption for just a couple of minutes in his sermon. And I, was, I, I liked that movie an awful lot. And so I was like, oh, man, he's probably going to say this and this. And, and he didn't. So I'm going to like, oh, sweet. I'm going to use that next week. So in this Shawshank Redemption movie, um, there's a part in the movie where Andy's getting ready to make his escape. And he, he's talking to his friend, Red, in the prison. And, and his friend is like, uh-oh, this guy is in a bad place right now. And he's worried about his friend. He's, he's thinking he's going to commit suicide or whatever. And Andy hasn't told anybody that he's going away, um, getting out of there. He can't take it anymore. And um, 
He tell, he's, t- he's talking to his friend anyway. The, the dialogue ends up saying, you have to either get busy living or get busy dying. You know, he's, if you're not busy living, you're busy dying. In fact, that's very close to what it's like in our Christian lives. We have to get busy living for Jesus and showing that to our community. If we're not doing that, we're busy dying. And that's a scary place to be, you know. And it, and it takes, you've heard the expression, it takes a village to feed a child. It takes a church community to do these kind of things. You know, we're not looking for any one person to, to lead every ministry of this church. They couldn't do it. You know, we, we didn't hire, we didn't ask Pastor Chad to come here so that he could do everything, you know. In fact, if we had tried to do that, he would have said, ah, ha, ha, no, Right? He knows that it takes people to work together to be able to build these communities. If we're not busy living, we're busy dying. How many of you want to be busy dying? I don't think I see any hands, and that's good. I didn't give you very much time to answer that. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20 tells us to go. Go and tell the world. Go and make disciples of all the people, of all the nations in the world. Baptizing them in the name of Christ, right? Name of the Father, name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit. We have been given this notion already. We have our, our marching orders as it is. You know, it's not to sit, it's not to wait, it's not to see if somebody else will do it. It's to go, me, myself, into the world and talk to others. To share a little bit of what Christ has done for me. And yeah, you know what? Sometimes it is a little bit scary. Uh, it's scary talking to somebody that you don't know or maybe you think doesn't believe in God. But the reality is, he's there with us already. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. We have that promise. We don't go by ourselves. Sarah doesn't have to fight me by herself. She's got God on her side. I don't have to go by myself because I've got the living Savior that's gonna go before me. I don't have to wait. It's not somebody else's turn right now and my turn later. I've got now. I hope that you are all willing to go with me. Let's, um, let's sing our closing hymn. It's number 378. It's Go Preach My Gospel. And um, as we, I, I just want to, you know what, I want to pray first. Is that all right? I know you were about to bow, but let me just have a quick prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you so much for your love. Lord, thank you for, for being bold in us. Lord, for, for going before me every step. Lord, I'm not going there by myself. You've already been there before. You've started sowing seeds that I may never know that you've sowed. I may sow a seed now that may not look like it's doing anything, but in years to come, it may blossom and flourish and and be amazing. Lord, I ask that you would be with each person here, each heart, as they hear and they listen for your call to to go where you may lead them. Lord, it's not going to be the same place for everybody. Not everybody's going to do Lord's lunch. Some of us are going to do something different because that's where you're calling us. But Father, help us work together as a community of believers that love you. Thank you so much. In your name we pray. Amen.